0: All right, everybody, welcome to episode eight of Dumb and Drummer. My guest today is Jay Postones from Tesseract. Did I pronounce the last name right?
1: You did if uh, I lived somewhere south of the border. Uh, That's so probably it's Post- how they'd say it. Postones? Uh, it's Postones, yeah. I mean, Post-Ones. I'm from Birmingham in the UK, so it's Postones. But Postones, yeah, got if it. I All it right, Spanish awesome. heritage for sure would be Postones.
0: Yeah, yeah, and my last name's Gonzalez, so I was like, my friend <laughs> imagine right there. But yeah, thank you for uh, joining us today and uh, really look forward to asking you some questions. Uh, just as, as a quick heads up, uh, I saw you play in Minneapolis with the uh, Contortionist and nice. uh, you, where, it was a headlining tour. And this was probably uh, maybe four years ago, something like the that.
1: Sky something theater.
0: I don't even remember the name of the venue, but I, I went with my dad and uh, it, my dad's passed away now. So it was one of the only concerts that we went to together and uh and and I'm telling you man, besides Rage Against the machine, which you will give me a pass on best live performance I've ever seen
1: I mean oh, just thank the, you very much
0: the lighting uh the the execution everything sounded so perfect I mean it, it sounded like the album but enough not like the album to still be entertaining if you know what I mean that you're not that's any- what
1: we go for yeah that's a hundred percent'm I'm glad to hear you say that because every. Every bit of money that we make, literally, um, goes into how how the show looks and sounds. Um, pretty much, when when we go on tour, we we expect that at the end of this, the balance sheet is going to show a zero on it because we've spent that much money making it a really good show, uh, which you kind of have to uh, at this stage. Uh, but yeah, man, um, that was. I'm just trying to think back to that tour. Wait when did you say that was 2016 was it the contortionist tour? Uh
0: it might not have been that far back it's it's really difficult for me to remember Same <laughs> and I don't 2020's have...
1: done to me it's just frazzled my brain
0: Yeah like like time doesn't you know just look on your calendar for your your upcoming meetings and stuff like that now is the new new culture but I I <laughs> I I, I want to say it was it was 4 years ago So okay. that would have been 2017 That sounds right I... to me.
1: I could look, I say on my wall behind here, anyone listening to this isn't going to be able to see, but anyone watching this, I've got all of my tour laminates for the past 10 years. Oh I my gosh. Them The other week. And whenever I'm curious, like when, when was that? What show is that? I can just walk over there and see the year, the day, the venue. It's so good. It's so sick.
0: So sick. Yeah, man. So uh, let's, let's get right into the question. So uh, yeah. as many of the viewers and listeners probably know, you are an extremely, technically proficient player as well as uh, just outside the box creative on subdivisions and you 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 have a knack for making things sound complex and then breaking them down and and explaining how they're simple conceptually but they they sound really really difficult so uh, what is your general approach to composing drum parts for tesseract
1: my general approach to composing drum parts for Tesseract is allowing the guitarist to write those parts on a computer and then sending them to me as an MP3 and then me learning them. <laughs> That's honestly how it works. We've got one guy in the band, uh, Ackle, the guitarist, who uh, he's a such a talented guy. Um, he can write drum parts, not from the perspective of a drummer, but he, he understands what's going to sound sonically just correct within the mix. Like the like the tom fills are going to sound right. The groove just fits perfectly. And I've honestly learned a lot. My, a lot of my playing style um, is emulating his his style of programming drums. Um, so I've taken my okay. like old influences um, from my years of growing up and listening to music those drummers so like Thomas from Meshuggah um a bunch of guys like that and kind of merged that with Ackles programming and out has been spat my style of drumming um it's kind of a it's a weird way of doing it because there's there's a kind of a guitarist drummer relationship that you have to I don't know the best way to explain this because it is a very, a very bizarre thing, right? So it's a more and more common thing in nowadays. You've got guitarists and other members of the band writing these parts on a computer first before a drummer's even, like, got anywhere near the beat. So you've got these really fast metal guys that are just, like, it's, it's yeah, super, super fast feet and only a handful of guys in the world can actually play that stuff um, or play it well, I'd say. Um, and similar with the prog, the realm of the world, of, of drumming as well you've got a bunch of guys who um and, and kind of more and more guys now if i'm being honest now that it's a more popular genre to be involved in um you got these drummers that are just writing and playing the most ridiculous things but i think it's probably because you've got non-drummers writing this stuff in the first place so it's really pushing these guys to do things that a drummer's mind just wouldn't go to yeah, I literally wouldn't think of some of these things if I'm sat behind a kit first and I'm jamming using the things that I already know I'm jamming out these ideas my brain doesn't go to those places automatically but I can sit and program something that is accidentally complex like you were saying a minute ago when you explaining my style of drumming it's accidentally complex you're accidentally doing 13s and 5s at the same time or something but mm. you can you can stick those back to a four and then you listen to that enough and even though you're doing all these crazy things you can sync it up to a common number that an audience can nod their head along to and they can kind of groove to and all my job is in this band and as a drummer is to realize these interesting rhythms and beats and polyrhythms and whatever you want to call it and make it groove like groove is the number one thing i'm not bothered about going super fast particularly yes it's fun to be able to shred is super fun Mm -hmm. but i want to be able to groove and as long as that is that is in place first then i can start to play around with things and testaracts music is it's complex enough that i don't get that much opportunity to embellish these ideas like to to really go off on one live and do solos and things that's not really our vibe and like you said a minute ago as well we want to try and get it as close to the recordings that people are familiar with live so the the fills are 90 percent the same um symbols aren't so much but the the tom fill or where the kicks are placed within a fill those things are going to be very similar if not identical to the album recordings because that's how we've learned them. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's it, man.
0: That's amazing. And uh it reminds me so much of Gavin Harrison, which yeah. uh the 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 approach is the same because uh and I did and I don't say similar, I think it's the same. Is that he really tries, he even says in interviews, like, I, I want there to be a backbeat. It could be in thirteen eight, but I want I want there to be a consistent backbeat somehow. and and he does it and i think um i actually listened to him on the uh modern drummer podcast and he was he was able to talk about uh like the studio he records in it it has this insane amount of natural reverb and and just going Mm -hmm. into uh all these anecdotes you would never guess i mean just they were they were uh, amazing stories but he he was the first one to say like the other member of my band i don't remember who it was will send him a demo and he said, send it to me with the drum ideas and without. And it was really interesting that you're saying the same thing. Like, even though someone else wrote it, you're not like, I'm not going to play that shit. Yeah. I want to write my own parts. You're like, well, you have something in mind. Let me take what you have in mind and let me listen to it. And then I'll bridge the gap or I'll try to bridge the gap between the two things. Yeah, And that's a very, uh, I, I don't even consider that musical. It's just a very diplomatic, democratic, whatever the word approach is that's it's very humble approach to it so i definitely respect that
1: yeah i, I try and humanize these these beats so that they're, they're already very human the way that Ackle programs um he's very aware of what is and is not possible um because some of the beats if i'm being honest some of them come through maybe one in ten and i'll listen to it and be like mate that's that's literally not possible Um, (laughs) it It fits but it's just
0: impossible to play
1: yeah like it i I know i can hear what's going on here but i i know that no matter how much time i spend i i'm gonna get frustrated with myself trying to learn this because it is just insanely difficult yeah um I'm sure some guys would be up to the challenge, like for sure. There's, there's people out there that are just incredible. Um, but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm comfortable with my boundaries that I've set. Um, but we're, we're a very easygoing band, you know. We, we we really are now. But I don't think there's anything that I'm just trying to think about like the album five stuff so far. What isn't possible? There's actually there's nothing in album five that isn't possible. We're, we're working on that at the moment, and it's it's sounding very very big, and. I, I'm very much looking forward to playing it for people. Like That's awesome. Because really, it's we, been so long since the last record. I just want to get stuck into playing new stuff for people. I want to go back out on tour as well, man. Where, where's 20,
0: everyone like, at, by the way? Is, it, is, is everyone at? Are they scattered uh, somewhere in the UK or like where?
1: Um, so I'm in Texas, I'm in Austin. Um, James is in London. Or near London, uh, Ackle is in Milton Keynes, which is like very close to London. Uh, it, 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 by American standards, it's like San Antonio to. Oh, okay, just kind of Well, it. not even not even that far. It's it's like Round Rock to Austin, probably. Like it, oh, okay, it's okay. Super close, um, but it's definitely a different place. Uh, Dan is in the kind of north of the midlands of the uk uh, near nottingham and amos is in the south of france somewhere um drinking wine and living it up although i don't think he's living it up especially i think they're pretty locked down there because of the, the world at the moment but right. yeah he's uh he's in france so we're all over the place but you can be these days it doesn't really matter where anyone is when you're in a band um i was gonna say at our level but i don't think it matters what level you're at if you're mainly collaborating online you can be anywhere right you know we're and, not and- sitting in a room jamming this stuff because it, it doesn't really work like that we we write something and send it around and everyone learns it and puts it back in the google folder and that's kind of how it works um there's only ever been like three jams ever with this band <laughs> that was yeah. a long time ago um but yeah man we're we're all over the place
0: Well, and uh, we actually talked to a guy who is in the same situation. He lives in Denver, and his Mm. band is in Southern California, so they can't just have a rehearsal. But he was talking Mm. about all the benefits, because he has all the stems with no drums, so he can literally practice his ass off on his own, getting ready for a show. And also, like, the rehearsal process... I don't know how you feel about this, but the rehearsal process can be a little daunting. I mean, it's still fun, but it's like for that one song... I know somebody's like, hey, I have these two riffs. It's got to be composed and arranged. You got to get the feel for it. You got to get the BPMs down. Oh, what about this? What about that? You know, ideas. And here we are three or four hours later, and we have, you know, a first draft of one song.
1: Yeah. Seems like a lot of
0: time to invest.
1: It depends on the kind of band you are. Like, I I was in a band in the UK... been going the same length of time as uh as tesseract but we just not active at all and there's like zero business behind the band it's just for fun Mm -hmm. um and we were very much a jam band and it was still progressive stuff it's still fairly technical um but we only worked because we could get together and jam like two or three times a week even We'd, we'd be in uh well you had some studios in the uk we'd literally be in one of those studios jamming and we put out like three albums, had a bunch of demos, a bunch of EPs, sorry. Um, and that was really fun. But with Tess, the only rehearsal we have is two, like two days before we go out on a tour, we all get in the same place. Uh, yeah. And it's it's like a production studio. We get into the production studio. Day one is mostly like get everything set up, re-tune the drum or put new heads on the drums Mm -hmm. all the computer gear gets set up the lighting stuff gets set up for like the production stuff testing all that works Um, we already know what the set's going to be we're already we know what the songs are we've played them we're responsible for learning them ourselves at home or in our studios before turning up (laughs) right Um, so we have like two or three run throughs of the set and then we go on tour and it's crazy the first time you play a brand new song because no one's played it together but all of a sudden you're all playing this song and like that's a crazy feeling because you know you know it in your head from a recording um or from listening to the stems however it is that you rehearse um but you know it from that recording but for five guys to all just be in sync for the very first time playing something as complex as our stuff it's crazy it's really yeah. crazy, that moment. Um, I know Ackle and James and Amos get together a bit more before that production rehearsal um, to get the guitar stuff working because they've, they're have they obviously playing different parts because there's going to be two or three guitar lines yeah. uh, over sections of the song. So they'll get together and choose those parts out. But that, I mean, guitarists have got it easy or easier. Um, I'm going to get killed saying that, but... <laughs> drummers have got the worst job. Like we've got the most expensive instrument with the most expensive breakables. We need to literally choose the vehicle that we drive based on our instrument. If we've got two kick drums, we need a van. Like, yeah. So guitarists turn up with guitar, literally plug it into your phone these days and go like, you've got uh, like my sugar's tone out of your phone or something (laughs) stupid. Ah. And meanwhile, we're like still lugging around all this crap. Like it's, we what we need is a collapsible, collapsible drum kit yeah just like fold it flat done but, but until those days are here um it's like the yeah, helicopter and
0: the little the little mini helicopter yeah you just take it and throw it on the ground and it and it becomes a full you know <laughs> or the reverse shrink ray you know that's
1: <laughs> what we need but the other thing in like in rehearsals and I, this is the one thing that i i hate about rehearsals so vocalists all the time like ah doing all of that getting the voice warmed up doing yeah. you know being noisy um guitarists because we're on in ears um mm-hmm. there's there's zero sound in the room other than acoustic drums and vocals over like oh wow so the, the guitars are
0: plugged straight into the board or something like that as opposed to using we're,
1: drums? we we've got axe effects so they're plugged oh, okay. straight into these things and it goes straight into our ears there's no amps there's no no nothing wow. we travel very light um so they're they're like noodling listening to what they need practicing the thing that are about to play i can't do that in the practice room like as soon as i start playing everyone's like jay shut up it's like guys you're all doing it you're all literally jamming yeah. right now like it, i'm just tuning my snare a little can i just tune my snare a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah yeah ah hate it <laughs> i hate it so much We we get such a bad time like drummers just in general for uh, like noodling in rehearsals it's it's what we want to do we're, we're in this room that sounds nice our drums sound great we've got them we got them tuned brilliantly just just give me five minutes yeah no and it's, so a, it's, it's a problem Same yeah stage
0: i i think that um there has to be some sort of evolution down the road because i i agree with you like i don't know what that looks like but the vocalist has you know shows up with their mic and their in-ears and the guitar player has an amp and a guitar and, you know, pedals or whatever. Yeah. And the bassist has his amp and his guitar. And then we bring, like, 27 things. And mm-hmm. I know,
1: like... And they all need boxes.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And they're, it's all super fragile, like the breakables, you know, as you, yep. as you said before, I believe. But the, the thing is, like, I, I, I use a big kit as well. I don't use as many toms as you, but I use a standard five-piece with a floor tom, snare. Like, four crashes, a china, a stack, you know, a ride, that sort of thing. Uh, three, three crashes. But... I use everything Hmm. like there's a time and a place for you know i have a little benny grab crasher stacks or the crasher hats and and you know an ice bell and stuff and there's in every song you know everything's used but if you start taking stuff away just for the sake of like making it simpler then i can't play the parts that i want to play to the song yeah so that's that's the give and take
1: that's that's the biggest pain i feel like the, the evolution will be when a drum kit like this becomes wireless uh, yeah. for, for anyone listening. It's a, I've got a Roland electric kit behind me. Um, when a kit like that becomes wireless and it's just bang, 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 good to go. Like sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so much easier. Cause it's, it's, it's not silent obviously, but massive volume reduction playing a kit like this and on, on this level of electron electronic kit it's pretty realistic. I mean the, the oh yeah the symbols you're definitely still hitting big rubber pads but the size of all of this, you know the, the, the ride symbols 18 inches, the snares uh, 14, the hi hats yeah. are 13. the symbols are like 13, 14, 15. it's it's getting more to the size of a real kit minus the depth and the size of the bass drum. Uh that's the big, the big difference well, it's uh, funny that you say Roland
0: they are releasing the hybrid hybrid, yeah kits now, which I mean which don't really solve the problem that we're talking about, but uh there's a few drummers on Instagram, one is uh Mitch plays drums. I don't know if you've heard of him, I think he's in oh, the u k sure. okay. um but he uses uh Steven Slate samples on his hmm. Roland kit, and everything sounds sounds wonderful so um and this is a little this isn't a question I had written down, but I was curious uh chops and feel and ergonomics and stuff moving from e-kits to acoustic do you ever sit down at the acoustic and you're like eh, i need a minute to get adjust get reacclimated to the this isn't a mesh head i'm playing on anymore either these are you know this is you know uh, a plastic or or or, or whatnot
1: so yeah. i mean do
0: you find that challenging
1: I'll let you know, I haven't played an acoustic kit since December, 2019. I know. Oh boy. It's terrifying. Because I've been in the US unable to go anywhere. I don't have an acoustic kit because I'm in a rental property in in Austin. Oh Um, wow, okay. So my, uh, well, I've got a touring kit in the UK and a touring kit in the US, which is in storage in Nebraska with the rest of Tesseract's gear. So, I have this is my my kit. Um, okay, and I'm just I, I I'm expecting there to be a pretty big change in feel between this and the acoustic kit when I do have to go back and forth, or when when the next Tesseract thing happens, um, and the guys who put together the like production schedule for us, they already know that I need another like day or two days ahead of whatever they're doing with the kit yeah for me to get used to it so i mean i'm playing honestly way more than i ever have yeah i'm playing pretty much every day which i up until this point in my life i don't think i've ever done like at least five days a week i'm on the kit for a couple of hours um Very nice. sometimes more and that's that's never been a part of my of my schedule which is crazy you'd think it probably would be to learn this stuff but i'm i'm just jamming i guess I, I can do it a lot if i know it in my head and i've listened to it enough i can generally just do it um because i've spent enough time with the core things that i need to know to be able to translate it pretty quickly um but yeah i'm definitely definitely expecting there to be a a couple of days of like oh god how do i do this again when i sit behind my acoustic kit for the next time. I, mean, I think I think I'll get used to it quickly. I just, yeah, I don't know. I'll let you know. Okay. I'll send you a message okay. and go shit.
0: <laughs> that that's that's so crazy. We we and for for those listening, um, I don't think we brought it up. We live in the same town, so I live on the north side mm. of Austin. So we don't. We probably live about less than fifteen minutes away from each each other. Uh, but I mean, I practice at a at a studio uh, right up the street uh, called Sonence and mm. uh, and then there's you know not music loft that was arizona but uh there was some other places that you could set up a kit so it is interesting you know that's like a first world problem you know like i want to play drums but i can't because i live in an apartment or i don't have access to a studio or it's just not convenient for me to you know because because it it sounds like you don't even have an acoustic kit like in your home right now
1: no your stuff is scattered i had a like uh, a delightful dw collector's kit in the US in the uk sorry um
0: is that the acrylic kit
1: i've got that one still so that's my touring kit okay. um but I, i'd got a mahogany maple mahogany kit that was like all custom it took like nine months to make and i had that for about a year and then when i was moving to the us i'm like what do I do with this? Because the, I, I'm not shipping it back to the US because it will a cost a fortune to do that. And B might get damaged. Yeah, because uh, I didn't brain. have the original boxes. Um, and I was like, oh, what do I do? Um, and it would it would literally have just stayed in storage if I'd have kept it there. So I sold it, <laughs> which sucked. Absolutely sucked selling that thing. Yeah. It's beautiful, um, but when i'm in a position over here to have a space again i'll i'll get another one of those kits or something similar um, another dw kit of some kind but for the longest time literally since the beginning of tesseract before that i've had my own studios in the uk like i I owned rehearsal studios so i had four of these rooms where tesseract rehearsed and kept their gear forever so we never, i always could have My kit like stored there, if not set up there permanently, like at least it it was mostly set up. I just drag it out of a storage thing and stick the rack down, good to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But here I'd need to either build uh, build a studio or build my own home studio or something. I mean, I've done that as well when I owned a house in the UK. um, I built a home studio there that was... Amazing, like practically soundproof. You know, you, once awesome. you're outside of it, it was like floating floor. The walls weren't touching the outside walls. It was there's loads of stuff went into that place, and you could just hear the kick drum outside when you were uh, like, if you're still in the garden, but nothing else. <laughs> but that's, um, that's perfect. And it, and I was at that house for nine months. So <laughs> put all this time into the studio. It, it's crazy. um What you need to do to actually soundproof a drum a room. From a drum kit is
0: well, that's that's what I'm going to do if I ever buy a house, and that's that's what people are saying. Well, you've you've rented apartments. I'm about to turn thirty six, and they're like, you know, you need to buy a house. No, I don't. I mean, I like being mobile, like not being tied down. But if I can find a setup like yours, where begrudgingly someone had to move, or it was a maybe it was an empty nest type of situation, like hey, we need to downsize or something like that, be like, Mm. I don't, I don't want to build a home studio. I'm sure it's fun and everything, and I'm sure it's a great experience to get some time-lapse videos and say you did it and all that kind of stuff but i just want to play my drums so i'd rather just yeah. move in there and play um yeah dude it was a labor. drummer
1: that bought the house that i built that studio oh um, yeah I,
0: I damn straight because if somebody bought that and they're like we're gonna we're gonna blow up that studio we're, we, we're gonna turn that into like the baby's room or something like that i would have been like
1: Ugh, <laughs> but i advertised it with like it, it was down the garden right it was down the end of the yard so it's, it's a completely separate building not wasn't huge it was like um Maybe eight feet by f- maybe fifteen feet, so you know, not huge, but big enough for the drum kit and some nice cameras and microphones and stuff. Yeah, it was it was very rectangular to put a lot of uh, absorption and diffusion and stuff in there. Um, rectangle is but- perfect
0: though for room mics and for camera angles, and that that's one thing that I realized the the hard way, because I because I filmed inside my home in Arizona, it wasn't soundproofed mm. at all. I just had some like felt like this kind of material on the walls for, for better video, but then being in different studios and not being able to get the camera angle you want without the specific tube or drilling holes in the ceiling or something like that, having a rectangular room is just like, that's to me is ideal. I don't know if you set up like in the back or in the center or if, if you, excuse me, if you set up in past tense. Yeah. Did you set up like in the center of the rectangle?
1: I was at the the furthest end um so that I had space for the the drum bags and crap that I didn't want to be in shot whenever I was doing any video stuff oh gotcha okay. um so the drum kit was kind of that at the, at the back kind of on a bit of an angle because it was such a big kit with the rack that it had didn't to be it. slightly angled to get the the rack to curve the way that I needed it to yeah um, that's what you deal with in the UK though because this unless you've got Loads of money. Um, you, you just can't get the space. Um, uh, you know, you, you need to either guy in the middle of nowhere, or if you want to live anywhere near somewhere, you've got to have bucket loads of money. You haven't got to have gent band money, you've got to have Metallica <laughs> money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> gent band money is break even money from, from yeah, gent. Where?
1: Don't pay the rent, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so let's talk about your uh twitch account and your uh your lessons. So I know that you uh do a lot of live streaming and that you stay busy with uh with drum lessons. So uh how's all that going?
1: Yeah, um literally what you just said, those two things are very true. So Twitch that became uh, that's turned into something that I just didn't expect at all. Um, it's really it helped me survive as a musician through the last eighteen months or so because without touring being an option for any band, um, potential income's just gone. You know, you're not selling the merch that you would sell because merch is a big um it's a big source of income for for bands and musicians. Unless you do some kind of special event, that's that, that's just gone basically. So Twitch has has really, really helped. Um, So I do live streams at the moment, Mondays, Tuesday, uh, Thursday and Friday, 11 a.m. Central Time. And typically, I'm just... It's basically my practice. It's me practicing in front of an audience. um, And people can request whatever they want me to play. So whether it's a Tesseract song or anything else, as long as there's a video link to it somewhere on the internet they can drop it into the chat and then i can get it to appear on the screen and play along to it and most of the time i haven't heard it like maybe 75 percent of the stuff that i play on there i've never heard before uh, but that's that's what the, the fun is that's what the challenge is sometimes it's right. stupidly fast metal and i literally can't play it <laughs> so i have to just improvise just do something random yeah uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun and the the great thing about twitch is the the community that grows around it. And that's, that's the unexpected part of this. I didn't realize that through doing it, I'd end up with a bunch of friends, like people that I'll hang out with in, in chats and in games and stuff like computer games outside of a stream environment. That's um, awesome. And I've never met these people. They've been at Tesseract shows for sure. So they've, mm-hmm. they, we've probably, we might've seen each other accidentally, <laughs> right. but I, I've never met these people. Yeah. And, um, it's it's just great everyone's really nice everyone's really supportive um and we, we've set up a, a discord channel I don't know if you know what discord is but yeah yeah i know discord yep so yeah uh, there's there's this wonderful community of people over on discord um i'll, I'll send you a link actually so you can uh, i guess put it out with the podcast in case anyone wants to join in yeah um, it's 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 just great it's just nice there's, there's no bullshit fun drums whatever you want to do in that discord this, this, you're good to go yeah um, i'll definitely
0: have to check that out and and also you made a really informative uh youtube video if i can remember mm-hmm. on how you set up all of your streaming gear right
1: oh dude yeah so to to get to this stage with uh, with twitch it, it, it's a whole thing like you, you don't realize when you start out what it's going to become mm. um i had no idea so i, I first started uh, my first ever live stream was from the uk when i was waiting in visa limbo basically i was waiting for my u.s uh, visa to be approved uh, before i flew over here to live and i had my ps4 my macbook a camera and i was i was staying in my uncle's empty house <laughs> just oh, like wow. what do i what do i do um so i was like I'm, I'm just gonna go live on twitch someone will join and i did i was playing horizon zero dawn and it, it looked terrible obviously because it was just a playstation camera but i went live on twitch and there was like 30 people joined or something and we just started chatting and most of those people are still around today like nice. you, when, when i start a stream most of those people will join that stream but like, hey! like we're the people who've become friends that's awesome um and on one of those streams one of those early streams i was like wouldn't it be awesome if i could like drum on the internet. So instead of like, instead of doing this, I could be playing drums. Everyone's like, yes, that's the 100% what you're supposed to be doing. That's the point of this. Yeah. So I uh, I ordered this Roland kit. Uh, I've been very lucky to get a, an introduction to Roland um, a couple of years before, and I'd been down to um, a studio in London to try out this kit, mm-hmm. but I, I never really had, I didn't have the space or a reason to have this in the uk really mm-hmm. so when i when i moved to the us i hit up roland again i'm like hey this twitch thing is kind of turning into something uh, can you can i get one of these kits um it wasn't free i just said that like i got it for free i didn't get it for free but I get <laughs> <a discount. laughs> roland's um, like
0: oh hey jay yeah 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 man
1: sure. here five, you go five, have five a... six
0: thousand dollar electronic <laughs> kit yeah what do you need man i'm shipping <laughs> to you uh yeah it will be there tomorrow
1: yeah there you go um hell oh, jet don't pay the rent we've already established that but yeah. now they gave me an amazing <laughs> deal um on this kit and that helped me out a lot they gave they basically gave it me for like 18 months for free and then i had to pay an artist price after that so it was okay. Like, they That's gave fair. me time to like build the funds to even pay the artist price which was amazing um and i then realized i was trying to stream on a macbook and you can't do that. It, the MacBook just isn't designed to, to do the workload required to actually put out a high-quality stream. Right. So I put some money together, bought the PC that we're talking to each other on now, um, sold the MacBook to buy a a better like audio laptop so that I can take that on tour eventually and stream from that. Um, and I've now got this ridiculous rig that, enables me to go live literally in like 60 seconds time. I can kind of click a couple of buttons, turn some cameras on, and I'm good to go, which is a dream, but it's taken me a long time. And in the early days, like the joke, the ongoing joke in the stream was tech issues. Like people just kept on spamming the words tech issues. And I even got a t-shirt in the mail from one of the Twitch people. (laughs) It was like tech issues because I'd go live. And even though I was monitoring everything, it sounded perfect on my end Mm -hmm. on the stream, you'd have like no drums and just pads, just the sound of the pads in the room or like the camera would be on, but it'd be delayed. The audio that I'm listening to the song I'm playing along to would be like 150 milliseconds out from the drumming. And it's like, what is going on? Why, why am I plagued by these tech demons? Um, But that's all part of it. Yeah. In the early days with any technology like this, when you're trying to do something that not that many people are doing, the answers aren't even on the internet
0: right right i remember um when i first reached out to you and emailed you i was uh it was right when the lockdown started in in austin they shut my 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 old studio down not the one i'm in now but uh one that i think went out of business um over off uh, cameron road on the north side really close to where i live and and there was a situation i was like a month and i couldn't play my drum set uh and i could just feel like not to do you know comparative mental health issues or whatever but i but that was the worst my mental health has been since i lived in austin in the last you know year and a half yeah and i was like i gotta play i gotta do something so um i actually bought that dw acrylic kit mm. um it wasn't the the hot high, the higher dollar one. it was the it was the performance it wasn't a collectors i guess
1: no dude the the before uh what is it the, the design series
0: yeah that the, yeah yeah so it was like the th- it was like 1100 for like a. Yeah, uh,
1: that's um, what yeah. i play on tour literally i mean before, i mean the, 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 the kit devices. is
0: fantastic i mean it, the, yeah. the snare has i mean i've always loved acrylic but i mean I, I love the sound of it i had to get rid of it just because i didn't have the space and it was never getting used and i didn't want to swap out kits but i was like well let me let me not sell this guy yet let me convert it to an e-kit and i put the silent stroke heads on and stuff like that but long story short i was probably 20 hours into troubleshooting with Two or three engineers that I knew. Two of them from Iowa. One of them can, from Kentucky. Um, literally, I'm, I'm hitting you up. I'm trying to watch YouTube videos, and the best I could get was, and I was going through an EAD ten. I wasn't even going through an interface, or I was going through an. I was going through a Scarlet eighteen uh, I, or the whatever the two channel one is. Mm. And and on the open mic, it was a Zoom open mic, so it was just so ragtag, just thrown <laughs> together, just destined to fail. And the best I could get was we can hear the drums and they sound okay, but we can't hear the track. Yeah. Or we can hear the track, but the drums are too low or the kick's blown out or whatever. So I think people were just being nice. I think it sounded like ass, but I can't hear what it sounded like because I just wasn't technically proficient enough to run my own, which which I'm sure you had set up where you could, well, after you t- troubleshoot the tech issues, the spamming tech, tech issues, you could have it in your headphones and be like, I think I know what's going on. I can hear what yeah. they hear. Let me increase the latency by ten milliseconds or whatever and then and then it'll line up with whatever I'm trying to do. And but I, I can't imagine how much of that you had to go through.
1: In the long. early days with that latency, because you can you can offset the the audio on devices by obviously like into the future, not into the past, um by milliseconds, like whatever you want when you're doing it from one machine with an e-kit or if you're trying to trigger sounds and play sounds on multiple devices and all of that you need to do that because the computer physically it takes time to process these things yeah um and the thing that i was finding is that the the monitored audio would be different to the audio that was being broadcast and i could that was different every single time that i'd do it, uh, it I don't know why, whether it was opening something in administration mode, having a different program open. There's a million different things that I can't fathom that it could be. Um, and it was Matt Hafey from Trivium who I reached out to him. I think like this, this guy's got it nailed. He's like one of the biggest music streamers. Like, And he maybe will know the answer. And his answer to me was two machines, two machines, two interfaces, mm-hmm. one for audio, one for streaming that guarantees there's no, latency no mess get the audio stuff all sorted on one machine hardwire out of that it's not pretty but hardwire out of that into the one and two on another interface you can't go wrong there because you've just got one so you got one or one stereo signal to process um and it's i've had no problems i mean i say i've had no problems there's still occasional problems but i now do more and more advanced things like on the, on the stream that I've got a stupid number of things running there triggering alerts and graphics and animations and things and the chat can control the cameras and Oh wow. It's, there's all sorts of things, you know. I'm, it's I'm like about a- to Good. Go oh, I was about to say I'm about to receive uh, from Elgato. Um I don't know if you've heard of that company, but they do the the capture cards for for cameras that you put in a PC so it captures the HDMI um source basically so any camera you can turn into a webcam um they're sending me their new camlink pro uh, which is four hdmi ports in a card in the camera which is a game changer for streaming because at the moment i've got like a, a little camlink usb i've got the hd60 the hd60 pro i've got like three of these different things And I'm just going to be able to replace it with one thing, and through that, have the ability to put another, like three cameras on my setup. Yeah, I was going to say
0: with the different uh, ports or whatever, that's a camera per port, and then what you already have on your computer too.
1: Yeah, it's it's so good, nice, so so good. Um, But yeah, Twitch is great, really, really good. Um, And I mean, what you were saying a minute ago though about not being able to play your kit and it affecting like your mental health—that's totally, totally. I think like yes yeah. if i if i couldn't play drums for any amount of time or I, I was denied the thing that gave me that was my creative outlet yeah I, i'd go crazy you know that's, that's a big deal I yeah that. i
0: think even having the option because i mean it's right there behind you but i mean yeah. like it, and it's different it's not like having the practice pad around and it's not like no, drumming on good. your leg you know you want to be able to jam to jam yeah and you want to be and, it, and it's and it's yours and there's something about and i'm sure guitars feel the same way but there's something about owning an instrument that just like there's nothing like it there's no relationship that's going to touch it there's nothing that can fill that that void so mm. so yeah i to- totally get it and, and and i take it for granted i mean that's that's another thing too is being able to go because this studio is 24 7 it's got decent wi-fi it's air conditioned you know that sort of yeah. thing I mean i can't imagine how many people like we had a guest on um last weekend that was from berkeley and for a while she was taking the train for like two or three hours to get to school so so by that time you're just smoked and i mean sometimes you just can't put you sit down and nothing works you just got to be like i guess i'm gonna woodshed this for now and circle back to it you know it's just imagine only having a set amount of time
1: that's why i've made this as easy as possible i i mean I live in a thousand square foot uh, house in Austin. So we don't have the luxury of, you know, a, a drum room and an office and a bedroom and a front room and whatever. Yeah. Um. So my office is my, is my studio as well. But like you said, to literally be able to turn around and play drums and them sound amazing. Yeah. Uh, feel amazing and play along to my favorite music. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I love it.
0: That's awesome, dude. Awesome. Uh, I have a question that I don't have written down because it's mm-hmm. something I've been curious about for a while. It seems like uh, over time, whatever your main right side stack is, mm-hmm. changes slightly. So yeah. uh, sometimes it's a chine on top of a crash. I know, like I tried to emulate, like because I used Sabian for a while, I'll try to emulate your stack based on a video. There's one Sabian video that has all the symbols labeled. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know who made that. Maybe you made that. I I don't know. I, you know what I'm talking do. about? It's like the white font, and when you start playing a symbol, it like appears what symbol it is. It's Hhx, whatever. Yeah,
1: I did do that. Yeah, that was that good. One. Okay.
0: <laughs> but my my question is, how do you how do you make that? do You just fuck around with stacks and and just come up with you know whatever. I mean, back when you were actually playing an acoustic kit, like how yeah. do you decide what what stack you're going to use on any given song or tour or
1: session? Um, so. A good relationship with a symbol company is essential if you want to put together a a a stack that is replaceable and consistent. Because what most people typically do is put together two broken symbols to make a stack, which is yeah fine because you just want a trashy fast sound. But the the profile of the symbol like after the bell, the shoulder there changes from like range to range. So like a HHX isn't going to be the same as a um, like well, any of the other Sabian symbols mm-hmm. so I uh the first stack I ever got I went to Sabian uh, I went to their vault in London and they've just got like these walls of like symbols kind of sideways on it's just like a library mm-hmm. of symbols Um and there was they've got like an art a side of brand new stuff and a side of artist stuff and the artist stuff was all stuff that's been out like on a tour like it's been used by a us band that are tr- doing uk shows they needed a symbol setup, so they sent them these wow. and now they've been returned and there's loads and loads of things in there and prototype stuff you know it was made for a guy and returned or whatever so they just said just go nuts like put some things together and like pick out what you need which was like which was insane like i got all this free leave. stuff it took me a while because I am like, "What, what do I want, man? Like, I, I can't be unreasonable here." But like Sabian are saying, "Take what you want." I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, so I put together, I, t- I put together a couple of different stacks. I can't remember the specifics, but the the one now that I use um, against Sabian were amazing, and they sent me a box of symbols, just a big box of like loads and loads and loads of symbols. Um, and on top of the, on top of it was like a it was one of the new stacks that they had put together. They were selling like a range of stacks and I just had to do a video on this stack highlighting it, which might have been the one that you saw. I did like a, it was like 11 stacks video or something. I did it. I put it on YouTube years ago. No, but I'm going to check
0: it out because yeah, I, I, I love stacks. I mean, I'm like, I'm so passionate about them. So, I mean, yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to check that out.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a dumb video. I think it, I can't remember exactly what I'm playing now. I did one that was like Medicine Man by Dr. Dre and I did, it was something stupid like that. Um, but I, I did an 11 stack video and I, from that video, I, I found my new stack, which is 16 inch uh, ozone crash um, inverted. So it's upside down, which does mean that you destroy it faster because you're hitting it where it doesn't want to be hit, but it sounds good. Um, so ozone stack 16, sorry, ozone crash upside down. Uh, then on top of that, a 12 inch mini holy China. Um, the let me think which way around it goes. Can't remember now it's been so long, but you should be able to find a picture on the internet. Um, and then that
0: flange edge down would be more of a suction. Yeah. As opposed to upside down, and then the right side up China, it would be more of like a sandwich if it was the China yeah. was actually inverted as well.
1: Oh, I can't remember. I, I, I'm trying to picture it in my brain, but it's literally been 18 months. So I'm <laughs> struggling. Um, but those two symbols together, um, they just, they fizz and decay wonderfully. There's a little overtone that I got rid of with like an inch of gaff tape or duct tape. Yeah. Um, but it's brilliant that's amazing that's, it. that's what i use now um no no reason to change that setup because it's great
0: yeah uh it's funny that you say inverted because when i think inverted i think push on the symbol until it flips oh
1: no way. no <laughs> just turn it upside down i'm like
0: don't don't try to invert an ozone crash unless you want to no. like put your finger off or something like that i don't even know if they can physically invert and if you do get it i don't know if you're going to get it back
1: yeah I've i've done that with a couple of splashes before yeah um, actually you some real
0: nice stacks from inverted splashes
1: i have inverted that that's the uh, stack the crash on the bottom a couple of times really was by it hitting difficult? it it was by hitting it during a show oh it Um, inverted on its own yeah i hit it and it must it was just positioned like it it would have been Ah. a festival show where i'm not traveling with my stuff so everything's like the symbols are a bit wonky on the stands and whatever and i've had to eyeball uh because we never tour with a drum tech because that's like the last person on the list that we want to have to pay for we've got like other techs before we get to drum tech Um, so I'm like eyeballing our tour manager like get over here get over here and he's like what 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 I'm like like, looking at this because I'm still trying to play looking at the stack eyeballing and he's like what because it's already like a weird shaped symbol like it's bent it's bent you have to bend it back (laughs) and he's like and it's so fiddly because it's 16-inch cymbal trying to bend that back without it up being off the stand. You've almost yeah. got to, like, hug it. You've got to, like, bear hug this thing so that yeah. you put pressure on the whole thing. Otherwise, the bent bit just follows all the way around. It, it right. just kind of keeps going round, like, rotates. Um, but, yeah, they, they definitely can invert if you are playing them upside down like an idiot like I do.
0: And, and well, I'm assuming that did not sound good then.
1: It didn't, it didn't sound great. Um, it, it just lost the every reason that you'd have it as a stack you oh know. gotcha gotcha but, okay so you you, that's like that's like a bullet like it's like
0: luke Collins stack except uh he, it's a it's a it's a trash crash with a trash splash mm. and he plays it uh the crash upside down and then the splash upside down in it yeah so he yeah, likes I that know. um and it's really interesting like i can talk about stacks all day but like i have to have a china on the bottom of mine. like i use a mm. 18-inch Wuhan, one of the new ones, the linear trash smash one, so it's got holes in it. Uh, 16-inch Classics Custom Dark Trash Crash from Meinl. And then a Zildjian Spiral Stacker, and then a Ching Ring. Just because it gives, like, it's like it's, it's like the subtleties. You know, it's not like, I need more tambourine in my stacks or I can't hear the shells on the stack. It just adds a little bit of, I think it's really more aesthetic than anything, but it adds just a little bit of, uh, you know, a subtle... Um, it's hard to describe the word but just a little subtle it changes the timbre or something a little bit of it but like I do love how many different options you can have the regular uh, um, uh, crash symbol over a China you could do splashes on top trash crashes are amazing for across the board for testing out different stacks but it's like I'm with you like I don't feel like I just settle on one stack Mm. because sometimes in the song I want something more high-pitched or more gated and then I want something real deep and full. Um, it just really depends on what kind of music you're playing. But for what you're doing, I mean, every choice that you made, it sounds wonderful, I mean, for what it's worth.
1: Cool, thank you. Something that's like, and this is such a dumb reason, but a valid one at the, the level we're at, the symbols that I've got, that I can't really change too much about them. Uh, at least I, I wouldn't at this stage like add another symbol because... Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is gonna sound ridiculous when when we go and do like fly-in festival shows we're flying with all our gear like the guitarists we, we, we've we got it all dialed in there we've got we know what cases we fly with um i know i, I fly with like a cymbal bag and i i generally sometimes like they, they let me take that on the plane and we put it in like if you go going on a big flight they'll put it in like the uh, there's like wardrobe things and i'll put it in, oh, cool. in first class for me which is nice um but on like little flights if you're just going to somewhere in europe it has to get checked in and the yeah. weight of all of my symbols is like just enough to not have to pay oversize <laughs> so, or overweight baggage so we're like oh. and I'll, I'll cram that I'll, all of my clothes as well they get crammed in the symbol bag so that i can put um like other things that i need that i don't want to get broke in um in my hand luggage. So and we'll travel with like the kick pedal. We'll someone will carry that on as hand luggage. It, we're like economic as it gets when we go on tour. Cause we like that's... like I said at the start, we we need every bit of money that we're making to put into the live show so that yeah. people are like, whoa, did you see Tesseract? And then people are, like, did you hear Tesseract? Like that's what we want. We want people yeah. to think that the visual thing is, is amazing and it sounds amazing. And to do that, we need to spend a lot of money on it
0: yeah that, that, that makes sense and just it's giving me anxiety just talking about traveling with <laughs> oh, man. symbols or whatever you know like you um they're, they're like did you did you give me a bag and it's like yeah i gave you a bag with like priceless items in it it's like i, I don't know i don't know i don't know if you've ever had that where they're like did you give me something and they're like oh yeah you gave me something it's like don't play with me like that come on <laughs> like give, 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 don't, don't play with me with my symbols give me my symbols come on
1: we've you know what we talking about traveling though we've been very fortunate to not have anything get destroyed or lost on flights that's good that's really good i think we've had one journey where like you see people throw suitcases and stuff and we've had a couple of guys you know take our heavy box and bang and it's like dude that's that's literally got the brain of our live show in it and i know you don't know it but I'm filming you through the window of the plane. So that if it's broken, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> we've done that a couple of times, but very fortunate that the the worst that's happened is like a couple of rack ears of like got snapped off of um, the the sound card that we use. And we always carry spares of those. Um, but yeah, nothing of mine. I mean, symbols break anyway because they're going from hot to cold to yeah. wet to dry. You're hitting them every night. With a stick, you're yeah. um, yeah, very, very fortunate as this band. Like nothing's broke. I'm saying that now. The very first like show back that we have, I guarantee no. everything's gonna break. <laughs> don't, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. No,
0: you're, 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 you're gonna be good. So, uh time for uh, one more question here. Yeah. Uh, and this is a uh, this is a question that Brett would normally ask. Uh, what was the moment you knew you wanted to be a drummer? Like where it was just the something clicked. And you're like, I, 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 this is something I gotta do.
1: I've got two moments. I'll tell you about the two moments. Cool. So one of them was, this is when I knew I wanted to perform. Um, I was in middle school in the UK, which I would probably would have been like grade six over here, something like that. Um, and my dad was watching like a live Pink Floyd VHS. Mm. Um and shine on you, crazy diamond that that was playing and i remember just being like wow this is awesome and i in my head like because i knew who could play instruments at my school and i was putting together this performance immediately in my head like because i knew in, a, in like school assembly there was all these lights that were never used for anything like up in uh, up above the gym i'm like like, like i'm sure we could use those with we've got a drum kit we've got the guitarists like i want to play this in front of people that'd be so good wow. uh, never happened but that was like the performer light was just it turned on in my I brain like a talent show
0: or anything you couldn't sign up for a, the school talent show
1: i i just did nothing about it i mean i was in uh in bands at school um but we were just playing like nirvana really simple nirvana stuff and oasis and whatever like no, no one was proficient enough to play pink floyd i don't think at the time or and to be honest when i told people that i liked pink floyd they were young kids and they're like uh he likes pink floyd uh like what? everyone's taking yeah everyone's taking the piss at school like I, kids are dickheads where i went to school they're, they're legendary um, i know like they I, way for the genre playing
0: i mean they're they're, yeah. they're kind of a big deal
1: it wasn't like it wasn't modern pop or modern like guitar music, so everyone yeah. at that age was just like, eh, yeah, um, which is annoying. So that was when I realised I wanted to perform, which is it's such a random story. And I actually only remembered that the other day when someone asked me. Um, but when I wanted to realise I wanted to be a drummer, um, I was on vacation in France with my family. I'd have been. 11 or 12 probably maybe a little older and sat in the car with my dad and uh, and our friend and we were listening to asia by steely dan and steve gad on that Game and I, i'd heard it before but just something about that moment like we were sat there i'm like oh my god so, and, and that was the the take they used on that was like his second take
0: dude i think he recorded that song in 20 minutes yeah
1: insane so hearing that i'm like yeah i'm i'm being a drummer and then i was just stubborn about it my entire life when when i had to get a job it was always like i'm gonna be a musician like this is just what i'm doing to afford the next bit of musical gear that i buy and i'm not at all invested in this like i'm turning up here miserably because I've got to do this to get to the stage where there's enough money coming in for music to justify me stopping doing this. Um, which is exactly what happened. Um, I've just been super, super stubborn, which I encourage you all to be. Yeah, <laughs> if no, you want to be a musician, you've got to hustle hard and you, you have be to stubborn. be, you have to be, you have to figure out a way to monetize things
0: too. And there's a lot of, a yeah. lot of masters of the universe figured out a way to to monetize, online subscriptions and websites and things like that, and they're making a lot of money off of it. Um, all right, yes. so when you said Asia, I mean, I heard a part in my head, but what what, what is the first like drum part or melodic or, or melody or lyrics that you hear if I say Asia by Steely Dan, what's the first thing that comes in your
1: brain? Um, Probably the first bit where Steve Gad goes Hype on the drums. Okay,
0: so
1: they, dun, it, dun, 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 dun 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 Yeah, the triplet yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, kind yeah. of what I think of.
0: That's the first thing. Is 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 is, is the triplet, or actually, it's the it's the hurtas. Dun dun. You know that, and then You know, any any Ah, he, uh, he just. Nobody plays like Steve, man, and and, yeah. and and Jeff too, and and Jeff, absolute legends. Like they just, oh man, just I, that's so profound. I mean, and 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 um, and I I don't know. I don't know if drumming, nobody can touch these guys. Like I, I'm sorry, not sorry, but like Vinny and Dave and Steve, and Jeff. I mean, there's just, and there's amazing drummers. Like and, and yeah. I think the internet has a lot to do with that. Like the internet is when you know when people lay down these drum tracks. They couldn't go compare themselves to 200 other drummers on instagram and and pull different elements in they they had to they had to innovate themselves it's original
1: creativity
0: i I mean i'm just waiting i mean i'm trying to i mean there's a lot of drummers that can chop and and nothing against them they're amazing and and i hate comparing musicians and or trashing musicians is, is a big pet peeve i really do my best not to say anything negative on a public forum about drummers but i just don't know anybody who's like all those guys like i, I mean hopefully no, but... there will be more people in the future that are we're like oh my gosh that's it's Vinny, you know reincarnated or something like that i just don't know
1: i think that is it's, it's a product of the times we're in though because th- those guys came from a time before the internet before the ability to share ideas was very easy um yeah and, and those guys the only idea sharing that they've got is in a in a drum shed type environment where you've got more than one drummer in a room and you can shed and maybe that kind of thing happened i don't know but and it's it's just a a different age of musician almost like you got different ages of age of artists it's yeah. the same kind of thing you, you were probably not gonna get that but you're gonna get something else um which is i don't know what it, is. it, it just amazing modern drummers that are listening to everything that's out there and and able to play the shit that i can play but they're 12.
0: yeah yeah maybe, maybe that's the next iteration is just the um it's like the perfect storm between those two things they they have the natural ability and they've taken the influence and they have kind of fast tracked their way to being way ahead of yeah or they play so great for their age or something like that you know yeah. uh but yeah it, it still is it's so awesome how i still i can still tell that they're the best even after yeah. all that we just said you can still put on i can go downstairs and put on my my asia vinyl and i can play that song and i can be blown away and then i gotta move the needle back and listen to it one more time mm-hmm. every time it's, Cause it's just, it's, it's, it's so like,
1: like the dynamic control that he's got in that track is the other thing like if, when i say the first thing that i hear is that fill, like that's that's what i think of but if I think of Asia, the track, I literally think of the intro and like how sparse mm-hmm. it, it really is. It's just like a little All bit of symbol the, the tips and, on the
0: bells and the ride and stuff like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And then the, the beat comes in and it's like, so the, the space between the notes, that's the great thing. That's what makes it groove. It's not just a straight beat it's not trying to be super complex. It's just tasteful. Yeah. And a lot of players, like there's a lot of trying to be 10 all the time, like in terms of like volume and intensity and yeah. notes, play everything, play them fast, be ridiculous. Be flipping tasty. Yeah, be tasty. Like groove first and then like groove first, technique second and Mm -hmm. then go crazy then go ham if you need to yep solid
0: advice man solid advice uh well i i'm I'm gonna have to get a lesson booked for sure um it doesn't look like you're 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 set up for in-person lessons at least right now
1: right now um yeah i've taken i'm taking a bit of time off of doing in person because two reasons um I'm. I was. getting burnt out doing them because I've done yeah. them for like 18 months, and I'm repeating a lot of the same information to guys, because um, it answers this. A lot of people have got either the same questions or a different problem that the the answer is the same. Yeah, you need to create like, like a ju-
0: library on your website. Yeah, that's just super yeah. smart. Like, hey, go watch these videos to prep for. If we do an in-person lesson, like watch this shit first, and
1: yeah, so you know, that's prep. kind of. That's what I've been developing. Um, so since January this year, I, I kind of lit a fire under myself to to make this website. That it's not just like another drum lesson website. I'm not. I'm not trying to compete with Drumio or any of anyone like that. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to create a place that I can store the best possible versions of the things that are in my brain and give them out to people. Um, and that you can. not not only can you like watch a video of me explaining the the technique or slowing an idea down or whatever it is you can literally slow down the video while watching the sheet music go along while Mm -hmm. changing the camera angle while just listening to midi drums you you can it's completely customizable for the learner for the student so because everyone's going to have a different speed at which they learn yeah but the content that you want to be able to play doesn't necessarily change if you're coming to me for a lesson like you're trying to play the things that i can do um but that said there's also other drummers that are contributing to it now so it's not just me i'm trying to get other drummers involved um so that it kind of becomes a the place that people can go to to learn how to do complex progressive metal whatever you want to call it this style of drumming um that's that's what i'm growing towards so if anyone is interested jpostones-drumlessons.com that's awesome. where it is at the moment i'll um, put that
0: link down in the description too and the reason why i asked for well to be selfish for myself uh, obviously yeah. to see if i could set something up but also uh people that i know that live in town that are going to watch this if they are interested in taking lessons from you that mm. they know where to go what to do
1: nice thank you well um i'm on the back of that as well, um, we've set up a, another Discord, which is the community for the people that sign up to that website. And that gives you, like, there's just a very constant back and forth. Not constant, like it's annoying, but you can reach me if you need to through the Discord. Awesome. Um, you can stick a video of you playing something from the website or your own music in there and ask the community for feedback, or I can give you feedback through there. So we, we've we're growing something really cool.
0: Yeah, that's, that sounds more like a community than just a, a, like like you were saying before this, you're trying not to make it like a carbon copy of other drum lesson websites. That sounds awesome. Yeah,
1: it's it's kind of come for the content, stay for the community is kind of what we're going for.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, yes, speak with pleasure. me today, man. Uh, really looking forward to uh, whenever you tour again. Uh, hopefully, yeah, there will too. be some dates in, in Austin where I can uh, come and actually see you in person and and do so safely but yeah man i'm i'm really looking forward to the to the new record and and the website you got so much exciting stuff going on
1: yeah man um i'm looking forward to it all as well i mean tesseract working on album 5 we we should be touring next year as long as the world opens up enough um there's supposed to be a tour at the end of this year with trivium in europe hopefully that goes ahead but we need the rest of europe to be safe enough for us to do so right um just got to keep our fingers crossed man it'll happen one day i just don't know when
0: it'll be like a light switch it'll be like all of a sudden you're right touring because i mean it's going to be hard to stop i mean that kind of momentum if everybody's like we're ready to go our managers are booking stuff people are buying the tickets i mean what are you you going to do stop it you know refund everybody cancel it i mean just at, at some point it's got to move forward
1: well i mean we've got stuff in the calendar um people are you know the tickets are are purchasable you can go and get them but that some of the places that we're supposed to play you can't currently play so (laughs) yeah i guess we just have to wait and see what happens
0: all right man well uh thank you again and uh thanks everybody for listening in and take care talk again soon
1: all good thank you